0: We are already a nation facing anxiety over the coronavirus, over the election, over the protests. But Kimberly Mirror, a Long Island therapist who treats anxious people, says topping it off is how anxious many parents, students, and teachers are over learning online.
1: Anxiety about online learning has been the big hot topic lately. And that's because so many kids are experiencing it across the board. Anxiety is normal to a certain extent. We will always have a certain level of anxiety that we are managing. But especially for some of these kids who are not comfortable with distance learning, that anxiety can be extremely difficult to manage. And therefore, I want to just let everybody know that this is normal, especially in the beginning with distance learning. The reason that anxiety is normal is because our brain is wired to feel anxiety to protect us. And so back in the caveman days, for example, we would basically be somebody's lunch or dinner if we didn't run when we saw a big wild animal running after us. So anxiety is designed to be motivating, and it is motivating to a certain degree. But now, of course, we don't have those same stressors that we have to run from, but our body misperceives some of the stimulus that we deal with every day as things that we need to fear but maybe we really don't so as as motivating as anxiety can be oftentimes it can really feel like it's holding us back so one of the things that is more challenging about distance learning is that for many kids it's difficult to stay motivated and this includes the instructors also it's difficult for the instructors to stay motivated too and for those lacking self motivation, there's an increased likelihood of stress and anxiety right then and there. Secondly, difficult to contact instructors. So most kids are reluctant to ask questions in class. And it's even harder when they have to wait for an email back from the teacher. And who knows if they get that email in time to change the information in their assignment. Of course, the big thing is the socialization issue. There's a lack of peer interaction of course, with online learning. And it's difficult to build relationships of any kind. This can lead to feelings of isolation. And when kids feel isolated, it generally leads to them feeling a sense of disconnect and depression and, and of course, anxiety that comes along with that. Then, of course, you've got connection issues, which is a pervasive equity issue because some students lack a reliable source of electricity or internet access. Others may have an inconsistent Wi-Fi signal, and I even see that with my clients sometimes. When I'm working one-on-one with them, somebody's signal is inconsistent, mine or theirs, and it does interrupt the session, and we do it the best we can, but you know this happens with online learning as well. Or if their computer malfunctions or power goes out, I mean, there's just so many things that can happen that can impact learning. Some kids have a difficult time getting feedback. In the classroom, they get the feedback immediately and they know if they're on the right track or not but if it's online it's it's much harder to get that feedback right away some kids have a difficulty completing all courses online so for example in higher education not every degree allows you to complete all of the components online so for example college students are required to complete about 900 hours of in-person clinical field work to graduate usually i actually work with students at stony brook university that are in the School of Social Welfare that are undergraduate and graduate students that have this issue and we had a big, we had a hard time with it last year, getting everybody's hours completed. And then of course for disabled students, it's very difficult to keep them engaged. The level of distractibility is high. A lot of them have trouble managing sensory input and a lot of them have anxiety about being what's called on display. They wanna turn off their cameras so then of course the teachers can't see them and it becomes even harder, more challenging. There are many families that are dealing with financial issues, worries about illness, loss, homelessness, food insecurity, generally feeling disconnected, out of control. And then when you're talking about stress and trauma, it really does interrupt the cognitive process. If you have a lot of stress, it will also disrupt the emotional regulation process. So it makes it difficult to learn under these circumstances. And the pandemic and social unrest Students are now facing unprecedented emotional challenges, and, you know, they may not have the support system or the coping skills to manage that.
0: Mira says those students who are going to school face anxious moments, too.
1: My children in our school district, many school districts across the country, are doing a hybrid model where the children go to school two days a week, and then they have remote learning two to three days a week. This way, there's only half of the amount of students in the school at any given time. So the classrooms are sparse. There's usually five or six students in a classroom of what, you know, I guess used to be like 20 to 25 students. And, of course, there's all kinds of new things that are going on where the hallways are one way and there's dividers between the desks and there's, of course, mask wearing all the time. And there's a lot of different things that are happening now at schools where, Kids are having some challenges when they're actually at school because some kids have told me, for example, that it's hard to see through the glass. They they have the glass. the, The desks are surrounded in this sort of plastic that is like a cubicle. And it's hard to see through the plastic. It's got a glare, this and that. There's all kinds of issues. But look, you know, the school districts are doing what they can to open, and that's great. But there is a concern. Of course, there have been some schools now that students have tested positive. And then the big question becomes, what do you do? Especially if it's if it's a college where there are so many students maybe that, for example, Oneonta had, I think, 500 cases and they couldn't decide what to send the kids home or keep them there. And then there was a controversy about that. So it's a tough situation. And yeah, there are concerns about kids getting COVID. Generally, when they get it, they don't, have serious complications unless, of course, they're already compromised, but that's another story. It's a tough situation for all
0: involved. Mears says the trick is learning how to cope.
1: Families are struggling trying to juggle homeschooling and work and all the responsibilities. I think the best way to cope with it is to establish routines, because when the kids are home and they're doing online learning, it's very difficult for them to have the same or have any kind of routine, so any kind of routine with the academic and also home-related things as far as chores or bedtimes and things like that, having established routines is very important, and expectations. The kids need to know that even though you're staying home and you're doing school from home, we expect you to still get certain grades. We expect you to still complete certain chores, and these are the things we expect and be very clear about that. Also, the parents can monitor teacher communications. That's important. I know a lot of schools have these new systems where the parents can access through a portal their kids' information, but not a lot of parents know exactly how to sign on and do that. So find a way to do that and make sure that you're in touch with your kids' teachers and you know if they're missing assignments or anything like that. And I would suggest begin and end each day with a check-in with your child. How much homework did you have? What did you have to do? Okay, did you do it? And for some students, you may actually want to take a look at it and also take an active role in helping your child process and own their learning. Like, for example, in a regular classroom, they have interactions with instructors and peers, which helps them process the information. So, Gary, this is how we learn the best, you know, through our opportunities to process with talking to others. We don't want to have parents completing the assignments for their children. I've been seeing a lot of that lately because they see their children struggling and they help them to complete the assignments. And then the kids aren't really – they don't own their work, and it's a big problem. So that can be an issue. Make sure your children complete their own assignments, even if they're struggling. And I would also establish times for quiet and try and be in touch with each different child's needs. Kids of different ages, for example, may need different rooms to study in at different times or need to avoid certain distractions. And these distractions may be different for each kid, especially if your kid has any issues like ADHD or any kind of hyperactivity issue. You want to make sure that they are separated from the other kids at times when this happens and also that you can sort of spend a little bit more alone time with them, maybe focusing in, especially if they're younger, to help them refocus.
0: Mir says she's seeing more adult patients lately who are self-medicating, smoking a joint, or having an extra serving of an adult beverage just to get by. I'm Gary Baumgarten. Thanks for listening.